0: It is Friday, April 24th, 2020. And coming up, we will get into the Jersey for Jersey benefit uh, for COVID relief. Uh, We're not going to react to it, but we're going to put together our own much cooler benefit. We'll do that in a couple minutes. Also, we'll get into Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski meeting up in Tampa Bay. I don't like it. Benny probably does. We'll get to it in minutes. This is the tune-up. Welcome on into the show. My name is Denny Gallagher, and he is the snare campaign provocateur. Mr. I go viral with one tweet, it's Benny Horowitz. That one probably I, needs some explaining, too.
1: As a little big time. So so Anthony Iarossi, uh, who people would most commonly know from playing guitar in the band The Scandals, had sent a video this morning from a, to a group chat of a uh, man by himself, I'm assuming inebriated. If he wasn't, he was full of life, <laughs> alone on the train station, performing the chorus of "Living on a Prayer" by Bon Jovi, <laughs> and not like mincing. He knew the words. He got into it. Was dancing. It was a good fifty seconds. Anthony doesn't have Twitter. I just I was like, yeah, hey, I put it up for you, and an boom, there it goes. The old NJ Gov site picked it up. Yeah, you got great, and yeah. Oh, and I didn't even know. I didn't tell you yet. Guess who got added at one of these and then even replied? Who? Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> Randomly, <I don't... laughs> Lenny Dykstra is in the fray here. So I don't know, man. It's, it's got crazy.
0: I don't know if that's a positive in 2020, but hey, Len, Lenny Dykstra. I know. I know.
1: I actually, I intentionally, like at the beginning, I saw it. And at first I was like, oh, shit, Lenny. And I'm going to say something. And then I'm like, wait. I kinda remember hearing something happen with that guy. Maybe we shouldn't be cool. So I ended up just giving it a I just gave it a like and I passed <laughs> on through. That's it. That's it. So we're not becoming crew right now.
0: But Lenny, if you're listening, come on the tune up, the door's always open. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Woo. So Danny, I was I had this like plan, right? Yeah. I was like, all right, like the first two nights sports was gone. I really fritzed. Yeah. It's so part of my routine, setting my lineups. Like I'm used to 7 o'clock, and like, boom, I start checking stuff. First couple nights, I really didn't know what to do with myself. It was, it was a little strange, a little bit of withdrawal. And then I started to kind of enjoy the time. I had heard uh, someone in a podcast say that they were going to try to read a book a week. Ambitious. I thought that was a little ambitious for myself, especially. So I said, a book every two weeks. I have miserably failed, by the way, (laughs) but I just closed the book called The Mars Room by Rachel Kushner, which was excellent, if anyone needs a good piece of fiction, and then just opened up uh, Talking to Strangers, the new one from Malcolm Gladwell, Mm. and fuck, in the first 50 pages, I don't know if there's a more apropos book that people could be reading right now, because it's essentially... a deep dive into the lack of communication and the things that um, help or do not help with this at this point, but, but written in a very Malcolm Gladwell way that, you know uh, it's fun to take it in, even though the subject matter is awful. And uh, I couldn't recommend it more right now. I I didn't know though, then the first 20 pages, almost like when I read people's history, of the United States, when I was a kid, I walked away going, fuck Christopher Columbus. I never knew if that was going to happen again. <laughs> First 20 pages of this book, I'm like, fuck Cortez. I had no idea about that shit. I don't remember it from history. Woo!
0: Be right back. Sending that to Mac- Malcolm Gladwell's PR people to get him on the podcast. Actually, Malcolm Gladwell and I have mutual friends. I'm not even fucking kidding about that. He's a big, big in, in the running community. So maybe, maybe there's a chance we can get Malcolm on the podcast.
1: I did miss my chance once. So I, I was every once in a while, I go up to Hudson Valley with the family, mm-hmm. you know, to pretend I'm like a rich Brooklyn guy. Um, <laughs> and we were walking through one of the downtowns one day and I'm about half a block from an outdoor area. And I'm like, I kind of know that hair, you know, got <laughs> the big hair. And I walk closer. I'm like, holy shit, that is Malcolm Gladwell for sure. And I'd already read some of his books. Uh, big fan of revisionist history, his podcast. But I'm off. I just I hate bothering people in the wild like that, you know. But the one thing I can say is in his podcast and writing, he said that he only drinks water, coffee and wine. I believe he only ingests those three things. And true to form, there was just like a black coffee and a little bit of water on that table. Him with a book and a little laptop plugging away. I was like, you know what? There's no better. Uh, natural environment like if i was going to make a, a diorama in a zoo for malcolm gladwell i would have created that scene for him it just was perfect <laughs> so i couldn't disturb this creature in the wild when i saw it and i just let him go on his way but that's my story about very nearly meeting malcolm, gladwell.
0: <laughs> malcolm big fan of the show as always uh so yeah we'll try to effort that but benny do you want to get into the proceedings today Please. Let's get into this day in music history. All right, Benny, what are your submissions for on this day in music history?
1: Well, again, I have two, so maybe this is just my thing, okay? (laughs) So, in 1961, now, firstly, this is Bob Dylan, and, you know, the fact that his career was bordering on the 1950s is pretty damn impressive, and the fact that What I'm going to say happened nearly 60 years ago, and he just released a track that blew everyone away a couple weeks ago. It's pretty fucking impressive. But on this day in 1961, Bob Dylan earned a $50 session fee for playing harmonica on Harry Belafonte's Midnight Special. This was Bob Dylan's recording debut. So 1961, he debuted on Harry Belafonte's Midnight Special for 50 bucks. Wow. Pretty cool.
0: What, uh, as a non-musician, what do you think I could get 50 bucks for playing on any sort of session? What's like the basic thing that I could walk in there? It doesn't even have to be 50 bucks. It could be like $15. Just be like, hey, I'm a professional mu- musician, in, in air
1: quotes. I mean, it's tough to imagine any capacity you'd want to pay <laughs> someone who doesn't know what they're doing at all, uh, especially when you're making music. That's true. So you might have to buy your way into this session. <laughs> pay to play, uh-huh. boy. Uh, I did that for
0: long enough. Anyway, uh, I'll get my All first right. one here. In 1988, now we're going to keep this very Jersey for me today, given uh, the how, how sure. we're going to start off the podcast with our, with our benefit extravaganza, if you will. But in 1988- Jer- Jersey gave me a viral tweet today. Exactly. You know? We got to celebrate the state. So in 1988, Whitney Houston smashed a chart record held by the Beatles and the Bee Gees when- Where Do Broken Hearts Go? became her seventh consecutive U.S. number one and a number 14 Mm. hit in the U.K.
1: So, Whitney, big ups. Undeniable, Whitney Houston. (laughs) You can't front. So, we'll keep it chronological. My second. In 1990, the road crew for Roger Waters of Pink Floyd discovered an unexploded World War II-era bomb while constructing the set for The Wall at a concert in Postdamerplatz, Germany. Now, I did a little research. I'm like, uh-oh, where was post Platz It's in Berlin. It's a kilometer from the Brandenburg Gate. Not too surprising, I guess. But apparently, Pink Floyd almost blew themselves up in Germany in 1990, finding a bomb under their scape somatics. I don't know if you remember, too. The the Wall had a pretty major production. So they really, uh, they really got away with one there.
0: <laughs> On this date in 2008, Bon Jovi guitarist... Richie Sambora was arrested in Laguna Beach, California, after he was seen weaving in and out of traffic. And on this date specifically, he was sentenced to three years probation after admitting to driving under the influence of alcohol.
1: I kind of, I vaguely remember that. Maybe it's, maybe it came up when he got with Heather Locklear. I'm not sure.
0: And then five years later, he was out of the band. So that's wild. Oh man.
1: Richie, you can't, can't weave around Laguna Beach. That's a rich area. <laughs> yeah. The cops—they're on that. If he was can't weaving around, around City. Jersey
0: City, it it would have been different. But Laguna Beach, nah, 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 man. Nah.
1: I just imagine uh, Bronson Pinchot from the film True Romance <laughs> doing cocaine and, and getting a roadie in the in the car. <laughs> All right, let's get to our first topic today. It
0: is our New Jersey, Jersey for Jersey benefit extravaganza. How this works, we can build a benefit for, and we have a $15 budget. So we'll lay out uh, each plateau of people, We have people that you can book for $5, $4, $3, $2 down the line, you get it. So on the $5 region, the heavy hitters here, Bruce Springsteen, Jon Stewart, Tony Bennett, Meryl Streep, Jack Nicholson. Boom. stars stars of the highest quality yeah for four dollars john travolta john bon jovi joe pesci queen latifah danny devito still stars crushing for three dollars you can get stephen colbert the jonas brothers chris rock frankie valley and hathaway uh,
1: st- i mean we're still talking a list
0: exactly for two dollars cool in the gang Martha Stewart, Nathan Lane, Bruce Willis, Howard Stern. For $2. Cheap. <laughs> and for $1, you can get Jack Antonoff, Missy Elliott, Chelsea Handler, Kevin Smith, and Redbone, right? Redman. No, Redman Man, <laughs> Redbone. <laughs> <laughs> Not the childish <laughs> Gambino song. <laughs> That's funny. So, Redman. For, yeah, so, yeah, it. there you have it. Benny, I'll give you the floor, or if you want to alternate, either way
1: i i I could go through my list right now, okay? okay, so I decided when I was putting this together I'm like, I want to have a good time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I need some people who can really capture the room. uh I need people who can entertain and I need a broad spectrum of people. so that's what I was thinking. So right off the bat, I went to Stephen Colbert. I'm like, I need a host. I need someone to take the mic, be an m c. And lead me through this whole thing. So that's Colbert at only $3. He might be one of the more uh, uh, visibly important people on this list in, in, in terms of contemporary success. <laughs> so I think he's a bargain at $3. Now, at the top, I know I talked a lot. Maybe people think I'm not a Bruce Springsteen fan after a tournament, right? So one thing I got to make clear is what he did last night And the things that Bruce knows, that that is Bruce. You know what I mean? You want someone to just like hold a room, be compassionate, bring some emotion out of people, but in like a very real way. Like who's better than Bruce Springsteen at that? So in that case, I think Streep, I would take a little too much heat in the $5 category. (laughs) Nicholson, as talented as he is, he's a strange bird. And I can't see him being too entertaining in that in that capacity. Jon Stewart, as much as I love him, it would be a little too serious. I just inherently get a little bummed out seeing Jon Stewart now because I know he's going to drop a bomb on my head about something uh, that, that I don't even want to know about. And then, honestly, I'd prefer to probably hear Bruce Springsteen croon than Tony Bennett. So in my $5 category, I'm sticking with Bruce, and I'm going to throw a little piece of meat back at the Bruce fans. You know, (laughs) don't hate me. I got again from the $3 category. This is one of my personal favorites. Had to make it in Danny DeVito. Mm. Now this is just part of like, if I'm going to be at this event, as I assume I set it up, (laughs) I'm going to want to hang out with some people. He's been on a short list of people. I want to hang out with since the (laughs) eighties. Ever since I saw going ape with Tony Danza involving him and a caper and three orangutans, which is one of the best movies of all time, by the way. <laughs> I've always wanted to do it. I think it'd be great and, man- and very entertaining. From the uh, Again, from the $3 category, I'm picking at this. Anne Hathaway. Mm. I feel like with the lineup I have here, I need to bring in a, a different demographic since right. I'm skewing extremely old and extremely <laughs> male. Uh, I always enjoy Anne Hathaway and... I know for a fact she can sing because she did a great rendition on Sesame Street and really, really held some notes. Here I was, I was thinking
0: that you were gonna yeah. go from Les Miserables, no Sesame Street. No, no,
1: okay. no, Sesame Street. Because, you know, when when you have little kids like Sesame Street plays and every once in a while I, I even remember India Ari sang a beautiful ABCs that I was like, oh my god, I need my kids to listen to this, because finally a decent voice is in my ear, not fucking Elmo. So if someone's on that show that can sing, I I push the card as much as I can. So, and the last one is my man. Again, the short list of people I've always wanted to hang out with is Redman. Now there's a backstory to this. I very nearly hung out with Redman when I was 16 years old. So you may be young for this, but in the mid 90s, Do you remember that the MTV Beach House was at the Jersey Shore? That's right, yeah. It was at Seaside Heights. And I had a guitar player named Chris Chris Toth, whose sister was a nice-looking girl and had nice-looking friends. She started going down to the Beach House, being invited by the producers. And eventually, they came a couple times, and they said, hey, next time you can bring some people. So, of course, she brings us, like a gaggle of just, you know scummy skater graffiti kids you know this and that and we're we're going to the beach house obviously it's not my normal cup of tea at this age but i'm like fuck it this will be fun and i show up and it turns out you have to be 18 to get in i was like 16 i couldn't do it one of my best friends dan was just like a general deviant who didn't have id or a license so they wouldn't let him in either so me and him are like what the fuck we're like all right we're at seaside like you know, just let them go in. We'll poke around for a couple hours while I'll leave together. And before I know it, I hear, Benny, Benny. I'm like, the fuck? And I turn around and it's Toby Morris from H2O. <laughs> Extremely randomly at the MTV Beach House in Seaside. I couldn't put it together. I was like, what's going on? And I had done a couple shows with them already, so I knew him. And I'm like, what's up, man? Like, what the fuck are you doing here? And I turn around and he's like, oh, Civ is the house band. So I turn around and there's Siv and there's Walter and, you know, a bunch of my heroes up there setting up to play like a bullshit concert at the MTV <laughs> Beach House because this was the peak of their success. So since I knew Toby, he snuck me a couple of stickies or whatever I needed to get in and we were able to get in. So even at that age, I was able to get hooked up. It was pretty awesome. How
0: about that? But
1: So the connection to Redman here. I know this is taking a while. <laughs> no, I'm into it. Is one of the other interviews was when uh Redman, Eric Zerman from EPMD, and Keith Murray created a project called the Deaf Squad, which is actually a great record. And they were there promoting it. So I sneak in the back. I'm like a poorly dressed, chubby 16-year-old with a you know baby blue Yankees fitted, cocked to the side. They're like, Who the fuck is this kid? And who do I see back there but Keith Murray and Redman with a giant blunt getting ready to get on to do their TV thing. Now, I was already a smoker at this age and I was already a big fan of Redman, but I didn't have the heart to just get in there and be like, "Yo, can I smoke with you Redman?" Another it's one of those things, just like Malcolm Gladwell, a great missed opportunity, I don't know. So, that's the reason I want him on the list to to tap off this story though. If anybody needs proof that I was out there that day, at some point we were hanging out and one of the producers goes, Hey, who wants to be on TV? All of my friends clammed up and I'm like, I'll do it. So they set me up in front of, I believe it was the original PlayStation with the game Road Rash 3, the motorcycle (laughs) game. And they're like, Just play this and Carson's going to come up and talk to you. This is still when Carson Daly was (laughs) a VJ. So here I am, chubby kid. Like I said, my baby blue Yankees fitted, cocked to the side, and here comes Carson Daly. Like, I'm sitting, I'm so fucking nervous, and he's like, What's up, man? I'm like, Hey, he's like, What's your name? I'm like, Ben. He's like, What? I'm like, Ben. He's like, What? Like, Ben Harper? And I'm like, Nah. And, and I played him out on TV. It was fun. But the funny thing is, the camera is on the TV, and I am just crashing left and right because I was like, so nervous and frazzled. So, if anyone has access to this stuff, there is proof that I was there that day, and this story <laughs> should corroborate. I don't know. Ah, and I also have visual evidence of the picture of my crew with the Death Squad. So, but uh, th- all that being said, long-winded story to tell you that Red Man for one dollar. <sighs> It's a goddamn steal, and he's definitely <laughs> on my list. And
0: if anybody has access to that video or can find it on YouTube, please tweet <laughs> it at the TuneUp HQ and at Benny. So awesome! I'd
1: love to see it. Love to see it.
0: All right, so let me get into my list real quick. So, Sorry, that was long, but no, br- <laughs> no Figured no The Red Man story. No, was it's fun, great. But... It's so good. Uh, so I'm not sure if, if I owe this man a a, a debt of gratitude. Uh, for helping build a company into a place where I work today. But to host this thing, I may have to go Howard Stern because, number one, if it's truly a benefit, you know he's bringing a lot of rich people from the Upper West Side that may have some sort of tie to new jersey so to have that as the host uh and you probably 100 percent get the publicity of sirius xm all throughout everywhere so for two dollars i think that that's kind of a steal see uh, Danny,
1: you you call me out on this all the time <laughs> and here you are making sure stern at sirius the one part of the building you're fucking not allowed in i know that shit you're trying to you're trying to get a ticket into that side. I know what's going on. Oh here.
0: my gosh, I've been I've been found out. I've been found yeah. out, ladies you and forget. gentlemen. You forget you're talking
1: to someone who's been to that office. <laughs> Wait,
0: so you guys have been on Stern? Hold up, I didn't know this. No, I wasn't allowed oh. on that side either. I, I just know that's the side I wasn't
1: allowed on, and you aren't either. <laughs>
0: that's very true that's very true Um, so then if we're keeping it music related I gotta go with the pride of JC here cool and the gang also two dollars I think that that'd be a heck of a a, a benefit so I've got uh, I mean I guess I had I guess I could kind of break my own own rules and go for more than five people if I still have have the money but uh... no no (laughs) you gotta make five for fifteen that's why fucking Anne Hathaway is on my list come on All right, so I have what? I have eleven dollars left. I'm also gonna go with Bruce. So I just blew half. Yeah, hard to deny. So I've got six six bucks left for two people. Hmm. Um, It's like it's
1: like drafting, uh, you know, McCaffrey and then fantasy. Exactly. Can't (laughs) can't miss. You know.
0: Uh, I was kind of okay. So this part of the jersey for jersey thing kind of irritated me last night. I didn't realize that we're now repping Chris Rock. Chris Rock's just from New Jersey because he lives in Alpine. Like, cool. I I, I had no idea.
1: I'll take it.
0: All right. Uh, (laughs) Now there's, there's a bunch of different ways that I could go here. I don't want to just copy your list. So that, so, so Danny DeVito off the table. Um, Oh man, see right now I'm I'm debating between John Travolta, John Bon Jovi. Who gives you more in a a, a benefit? Do you want the whole I've got chills I'm electrifying or do you want the whole crowd to be saying living on a prayer? I'm not See, I don't
1: I don't think you're see that's where you're not getting Gimme the chills I'm electrifying from Travolta anymore. You're still getting (laughs) living on a prayer from Bon Jovi. Are you though? Travolta is Gonna, he's not going to hit that note, but he's going to perform the song. Travolta is so far past cool dancing, Pulp Fiction, Saturday Night Fever. That guy is in fucking space. So no, I th- I think you're better off with Joe here. Probably. I'm.
0: I mean, okay. So we're gonna go jump on Jovi because have have you seen the movie Gotti? Have you seen that movie? I haven't. Oh, Benny, they gave Pitbull half the m- Budget for the movie, (laughs) and the end, his make John Travolta's makeup starts getting real bad. Oh, it is a classic bad movie. Gotti, go check it out. So I have two dollars left. Wait, hon, I have two dollars left now. Oh man, I fucked this up so badly. (laughs) I should have just gone for two threes instead. Now I'm now now I have to choose between. And, and I already went oh man I just I I just screwed myself royally here so I've already locked in John Bon Jovi unfortunately because I'm gonna hold myself to that who Listen, wants to be a millionaire standard I
1: have I have yours picked from the two dollars category that would easily be the best well okay you need singing you, you need want me to get bring, bring Nathan and Wayne in here he's also Jersey City
0: that's true that's very true all right yeah. so Nathan Lane. So I've got Howard Stern. I've got Nathan Lane. I've got Cool in the Gang. I've got John Bon Jovi and Bruce Springsteen. Hopefully that adds up to $15. I'm pretty sure it does, though. Seems so. close. It's close. It's close. <laughs> All right, Benny. We've reached about the halfway point of the podcast, which means it's time for
1: our dollar slice takes. I got one. How about a no NFL combine anymore? (laughs) Right? Seems like this worked. And that really, really uncomfortable week of watching these (laughs) 18-year-old guys in tiny shorts go through these bizarre, you know, tests and the weird things. And the interviews that I think, like, truly fuck with people's minds more than they need to. I mean, like, if you're really sitting in a room taking an 18-year-old putting him in front of a group of total strangers and assuming you're going to really find out what the fuck this guy is about, it's bullshit. <laughs> and, I think it's, and I think it hurts people that it shouldn't hurt and it inflates people that it shouldn't inflate. So I think you're going to see in this NFL draft a lot more clarity and accuracy towards specific guys that people are targeting. Uh, and I think you could easily dismiss this entire show that's been disturbing and strange to watch the last couple years anyway. So get it gone. No combine. You
0: know what's gonna be amazing about this NFL draft? Jerry Jones is going to be making picks with no supervision.
1: <laughs>
0: He's just gonna be off the rails. Him, him and Gettelman both no four, no four quarterbacks first four <laughs> rounds. You're crazy. He's gonna trade up to get oh yeah.
1: it's like one of you are gonna pan out. I don't have to pay back.
0: <laughs> I've got a dollar slice take for you this week, Benny. Right on me. Lollipops, maybe the most overrated food. Because here's why. So I'm uh I'm you know I'm chowing down on on, on a sucker earlier today. Okay. And uh,
1: we're talking flavor. We're
0: we talking. Uh, we're talking you know some berry. So my my, my girlfriend got these organic lollipops, which yeah, uh, like okay, but that um, means there's
1: stevia in them or something.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So but like here's why I I say this because. If you bite into them, because I always get a little overeager, you know, with a sucker. And, you know, you bite into it and you break your jaw. You break your jaw almost <laughs> immediately, every single time. So you can't really enjoy it if you savor it. You can't enjoy it if you eat it quickly. And what is it? It's not a candy. Just because there's sugar in it, does that automatically make it candy? Like, what is this food?
1: Is I'm it... not sure. <laughs> it is a good question, though. What differentiates candy from food and what puts you into a candy category i am curious
0: <laughs> on you i'm just gonna take a shot in the dark here i'm pretty sure that a lollipop is a corn dog what it's a corn dog because you know it's in it's in the stick-based family of foods all right yeah it can only be made artificially okay and it leaves you feeling unsatisfied
1: How's a corn dog artificial? Stick a hot dog and some breading. That's that's yeah, pretty no, you, organic.
0: You fry but, it. I mean, that's not exactly from God's green earth.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I when I learned about the Aztecs earlier today <laughs> and, what, and what Cortez did to them. I'd be less and less shocked to know that someone like the Aztecs had deep fryers. I could see it. That's some oh, pretty intense stuff.
0: I can't wait till next week when you learn about Montezuma. <laughs>
1: Man, I love knowledge, Danny. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? All right, Benny. So some news
0: happened in the world of sports this week. Uh Tom Brady. I mean Who? We, we all knew. The uh Florida Who? man, aka convicted felon, aka <laughs> housebreaker into uh he, he you know, every the moment he got to Florida, he just became I'm not gonna pay my taxes, I'm just gonna break into people's yeah. houses. A la Tom Brady. But Tom Brady brought Gronk to the buccaneers for the patriots gave up gronkowski a 7th round draft pick for a 4th round draft pick which is pretty crazy to me um but considering the fact that the patriots had no leverage in in this situation yeah but uh be- before we get into the how ridiculous all of this is I you know I'm, I want to know what to think about the trade and if this is more than just the buccaneers winning the offseason
1: so I'm going to say yes, and I hope I'm right. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) But I I really, you know, the more and more this is laying out, the more and more I'm seeing the team and what's going on, I think there's a chance. So, yes, I do think it's going to work. Now, first off, they won me over in my heart by today posting a video of Tom Brady blowing a conch shell. In the spirit of Anchorman, when he says, News team, assemble! And Rob Gronkowski comes running towards him. I thought it was cute, and I really did enjoy it. The thing... They're going to have a lot of fun leading up to this, which Mm -hmm. I think is making the pressure a little higher. Since people, like, want to ridicule these guys so badly. You know, like, there's... You know, every single person who follows the NFL outside of Tampa Bay, is probably wishing for Brady and Gronk to fail one way or another. So when they do this silly shit leading up to it, I'm a little afraid that they're opening the door further for ridicule. Now, Tom Brady usually doesn't get played out. And I think the lighthearted nature in which he's taking this is alluding to me that he has a lot of confidence about the situation he's going into and a lot of confidence that they're going to be good next year. Now, I've been hearing a lot of what I imagine is revisionist history because people keep bringing up Joe Montana and Brett Favre as the examples not to do this. Now, even though neither of them went ahead and won a Super Bowl after, so everyone forgets that it kind of worked for Joe Montana. He went to a 10-16 with four Pro Bowlers in 1992. In 1993, when he joins, they go 11-5, and five. First in the AFC West and lost to the Bills in the AFC Championship, which was a damn good team, as we know, who made many Super Bowls. Uh, they had six Pro Bowlers, and it wasn't until 94 that the team went south. But the year Joe Montana got there, there was an improvement. The team went to the playoffs, made a deep run in the playoffs. And if they hadn't run into the Bills, which is a historically good team, could have easily made a Super Bowl. Now, Brett Favre, 2007 Jets were four and twelve and coached by Eric Mangini. Favre gets there, two thousand eight, gets them to nine and seven with a third place finish. He was a Pro Bowler that year. He didn't knock the socks off, but he markedly improved that team and gave them a steady quarterback. Now, you're now talking about Tom Brady, one of the most accurate passers in the history of the NFL, going to replace a guy who was one of the freest Flyers, inaccurate passers I've ever seen. (laughs) Even though Brady, of course, doesn't have the arm he has and can't send it downfield the way he can, it's like the model of efficiency replacing the model of inefficiency. So on a pure football standpoint, you look at A and B, and it seems like it's going to work. With uh, O.J. Howard, Godwin, Evans, Gronkowski, total wild card as far as his playing ability, but what it gives Brady... Is like another Julian Edelman. Like Brady always needs his guy. He needs his like confidant. There's something about the way Brady operates that seems to involve this. And now he's got his guy. He's got his trusted friend down there. And even if, you know, Gronk isn't healed and he's not the player he was at 32, he can still block, he can still catch a pass. He might be second fiddle anyway to OJ Howard. So, I think that is a win-win, especially since, like you said, they gave up nothing. So, I don't know, man. You know, I know I go too far sometimes, but <laughs> I, I really, I got a good feeling about it. And I'm one of those rare cases as a Giants fan, I don't really hate Tom Brady, you know? Because where we beat him a bunch of times? <laughs> so uh, I'm actually kind of rooting for that situation to be interesting. My father goes to Bucks games down there now, so I hope I hope he can still afford to get in. And and I, but I think they're uh, definitely a playoff team, and I really can't see the reason why they couldn't advance a little bit.
0: Well, I can tell you for for people who had OJ Howard in fantasy last year, that guy yeah. had a down year. Everybody wants us to be great because of the history of Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. But Benny, if I were to give you a guess, who? Tom Brady's offensive coordinator is in Tampa Bay, who'd you say? (laughs) Oh, fuck.
1: (laughs) I have no idea.
0: Byron (laughs) Leftwich. What? Byron? (laughs) Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator in the NFL. You're meaning to tell me... Now, Bruce Aarons will probably call the players because that's what he's always done, but if if they're in in a film meeting, the amount of disrespect that Tom Brady is going to throw toward Byron Leftwich is, is unbelievable. He's like, oh, Let me just pull out these rings right here that you definitely don't have, Mr. Byron Leftwood. So that's one thing. Um, I think the underlying or the underrated story that people aren't talking about when it comes to this entire story, yes, Rob Gronkowski, their last ride. But in terms of head coaching, this was probably Bruce Arians' last chance to, you know, win a Super Bowl and and win big. I mean, he almost got it done with Arizona. Uh, This was kind of thought to be... uh, his last ride before this. And this really just puts up the pressure again. So people are, are really high on this. I'm just scared of this being the 2020 version of the 2019 Cleveland Browns.
1: Oh, well, I mean, that's that's certainly uh, a low bar. I do think, you know, in the spirit of almost like a uh, Ty Lue over David Blatt situation, <laughs> I think the Byron Luff, which could help the situation as long as Byron which takes the right tone. Yeah. If, he's, if he's conciliatory to Brady, if they're working together in meetings, if he's allowing Brady's feedback, if he's allowing Brady to trump him every once in a while, I think they'll be okay, and that might be better for Brady than someone who's coming in being like, hey, this is my fucking system and you're going to run it. Someone who's a little more hardcore. Maybe he just needs, the same way LeBron needed just Ty Luda, help guide him through the situation but not coach him necessarily it it could work in favor as well
0: i mean to think that tom brady isn't going to take his attitude to tampa bay his uh I don't know exactly what you call it. I think Benny may call it moxie, if you will. But, uh, he, I mean, he's already working out in public parks when he really has a yard of his own. I mean, he's doing very typical New England Patriot things that the Massachusetts uh, people will be like, oh, he's just Tommy. Um, Tommy's just doing his thing. When, when you get down to Florida, <laughs> it's a little bit different. You you may make headlines a little bit more, but he runs a risk of becoming the ultimate Florida man.
1: Oh, my! So you're talking <laughs> in a couple years where – we're talking trap shooting, Bud Light board shorts, the whole deal. Is he gonna go full in?
0: It depends how many years he's there. But I mean, heck, if, if he plays till he's forty five, we may see board shorts.
1: Definitely gonna be a picture of him uh, holding a marlin, you know, on uh, an offshore fishing boat with like hedge fund owners. Within a few months, that's definitely gonna happen. Oh man. All right,
0: guys, plenty of ways to get in contact with the show. You can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're putting together your own jersey benefit using our model, feel free to email us, tweet us your answers too at thetuneuphq.com. We're also tuning up HQ on Instagram as well. DM us, do all that stuff there. You can follow Benny, Mr. Viral Benny Horowitz, Mr. I get retweets from the state of New Jersey, Benny Horowitz. Look at this guy. He Big is at dead. Benny Horowitz One, number one in your minds, number one in your hearts. And actually today, for the first time, actually, he's number one on Twitter. I am at Denny underscore Gallagher. Benny, got anything else?
1: Yeah, just a little a little nudge to my boy Howard Stern. Let, you, let let Denny in the other side, will you? Let Denny in the other side of the building. He just wants to smell it. He just wants to smell it. He'll bring you a Yankee candle or something. But until then, uh, everybody be good out there and everybody love everybody.
0: By the way, I got to apologize to you. On the tweet from the last episode, I forgot the one in there. I felt so shamed.
1: Oh, <laughs> I didn't even notice.
0: This has been The Tune-Up.